in the studio we have Rod Provis. Hi, Rod. G'day. Great. Great of you to come in. And Murray Mason. Matson. Great to be Matson. here. Matson. Sorry. Thanks very much for coming in today. That's fantastic. Now, this is, a, as I said, a really important area issue for the local community that's got so much involved. Now, uh, tell us, uh, firstly, about your group. Yes. What's it called and, and why did you start it? It's called the Boddington Hill Wildlife Resource Resort Action Group. And the reason we started it is because we felt that the residents needed to give some direction to the councillors and to the local MP and eventually to, hopefully, the uh, Minister for Planning. We, there had to be something coming from the grassroots. Otherwise, it would have been presumed that this was just some council issue that the community had no real feel for. Well, that's wrong. We have a great deal of feel for it. There was 35 people at the initial uh, meeting at my house... We hope more people will come on board. And what we want to do as a group is to act as a, a forum for the residents. So if the councillors, if the MP, if the uh, minister want grassroots connections to the residents who live around the area or have an attachment to the area, they've got someone to come to. Great. And what did you say the group was called again? The Boddington Hill Wildlife Resort Action Group, because this will be a resort, a resort for tourists. B H W R A G. That's it. It's a mouthful. We have shortened it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The Boddington Hill Wildlife Resort Action Group. Yes, you were saying that it's important you put resort in the title. Yeah. Look, that that's pretty much sums up what we think. that this can be conceptualised, is the big question is why are we as a community prepared to allow our environmental and conservation zones to be downgraded to accommodate what is essentially a resort? And the answer is got to be no, we should not be doing that. Yes. Thank you. Now, you are both local, so you live... In the vicinity? Yeah, we both do. I, I live on the second uh, house out on Miller Street and Rod lives half a kilometre away at the most, I think. Yes, I live in Queen Elizabeth Drive, which is probably 500 metres as the crow flies from the development. So I'm not a me- it's not in my backyard, but it's in my neighbourhood. And I'll be able to, to see it and I'll be able to hear it at night. Uh, so You'll probably even smell it. I will be able to smell it. <laughs> I'll be able to rue it. You yeah. will, you will yes. be able to hear it and smell it. Um, that rowdy meeting that was held at the Carrington, um, you were both there and so was yes, I. Yes, we were. Yes. No, I wasn't there. Uh, I was away at the time. There were oh. questions from the local residents and lots of things that um, obviously the proponents had not thought about, Mm -hmm. such as, as you mentioned then, um, smell and noise. And there's traffic issues as well. The uh, original proposal of the old Croc Park concept from 30 years ago, I think, proposed that my street, Miller Street, be uh, used as the access point. As I understand it, uh, that isn't the current proposal. But if they are... uh, we think there's big questions about whether or not they're going to be able to turn in from the highway into Boddington Hill. 
And if that is an issue, then Miller Street may come back into play. So I may find myself with busloads of tourists uh, trying to get down a very narrow road. Uh, well, they probably make it larger and... They probably... They will have, have to. to. They'd have to. Can yeah. you just describe Miller Street comes off the street at the top? That's right. You go. You know where the big uh, giraffe is, um, the yes. pot farm, you turn left in there. That's Table where the second Road. Table yeah. Ends Road. Table that's ends right. Road. And Miller's the first one. No, that's John Street, I think, from memory. And yes. the next one's Miller Street. Miller Street. Yeah. And then you have Boddington Drive, which is the Boddington Hospital site, which is the biggest uh, neighbour of the property. Mm. And that's inappropriate in itself, really. Well, there was just so much, as you say, and so many issues that we... Yeah, but just going back to that meeting in February, if I'd been back there now, a question I would have asked is, does the Minister for Planning still at this stage have the power to now revoke the state's significant planning status given to it by the previous government? And we understand that he does. Uh, I'm not a lawyer... Uh, I have some familiarity with the Environmental Planning Assessment Act, but uh, I'd like more advice on that. Uh, People who have studied it have suggested to the group that he does. And if that's the case, uh, that's a big question that should be asked. Does the minister have the power, even at this late stage, to intervene and revoke that status? And that would then put it back in the hands of the... council. The council. Yes, I... Understand that was part of the election platform for Chris Doyle or, or the, the, ma- the animal, some of the, the Greens and the Animal Rights Party, because well, because that that is the case in other states, isn't it? Well, both the councils uh, have got that. Power. Oh, definitely. I, I was a former councillor on Ramwick City Council. I, I know that councils yeah. um, deal uh, not so much with. Um, massive issues like this. This this one, as you know, is over $13 million. It's contentious. And um, the minister, the previous Liberal minister, gave it a state significance development. That puts it into the, uh, dissent, the decision-making forum of the Independent um, Planning Committee. Yes. Of, of the state government. Yes, well, that's... Um, Independent Planning we, Committee. Yeah, we, could, we'll, uh, we can ask Romola about so, a lot more about that. But the key is the state's significant development status. It's Which overrules councils at the moment. Lo- it locks councils out. It locks residents out, really. We do have some sort of assessment into the panel. Um, hearings, we'll be able to give submissions to that. But really, you might, we all remember that the original Croc Park proposal was refused by the council and blocked back 30 years ago. I I could predict that the councillors of today would do it again if they had the authority. Yeah. Now, I I recall from that meeting, and one thing I wrote down that we could clarify is I I remember the... um, I forget the name of the man who was doing the presenting, the... um, As a residence group, we really want to talk about the development itself, not necessarily the developer. Yeah, but I, I remember... No, but going back to your yes. point, he, he was almost... 
was almost like a threat. Somebody asked what would happen if this um, wasn't approved and he said, well, it'll go back to the original one that has been approved. That is what the original, the current consent is Mm. for, but it wasn't, it didn't prove viable. Um, If it goes back to that, they're not going to be able to fit in all the um, amendments they want to, the expanded scope. Uh, If you go to the planning panels, the uh, Department of Planning's portal, there are documents that show their latest aspirations. And you'll see that they overlap the the current consent area. They want to go further into the E2 environmental conservation and... Yes, zone. And so, that is the key issue. Right. So if it, it does revert back to that... They will be constrained into that 30-year-old envelope. And also, you're thinking that it'll become economically unviable I for, don't, for them. They're selling it as a resort. That's up to them. Um, they want to put in a, a lot of uh, animal wildlife components... Uh, I don't see how they could fit all of what they're planning into that. But, look, that's a matter for them. Mm. What is of concern to this group is the current um, EIS proposal or process. We're not even at the EIS stage yet. Uh, We're waiting on the government to announce at the end of this month whether they are going to allow the developer to amend their approach their um, current proposal, their current SEARS, it's called, S-E-A-R-S. Romulo will talk more about that. But that's the end of the month is going to be a significant time. We will know whether we are fighting on the old concept, the constrained area from 30 years ago, or whether we are, ne- we are battling a whole new expanded um, uh, assault, I would say you would say it, onto our environmental and conservation zones. Right. Or impact is probably the more precise yeah. way to put it. Well, thanks. I apologise for saying assault. No, no, no. Th- thank you, Murray, for clarifying that. So at that, the end of the... That, no, that's great. Um, well, let's go over some of the, sure. the actual issues of concern then briefly. Yes. And then we can talk about what your group wants to do and what, what action Certainly. Pe- people can do. So... Rob, do you want to tell us some of the issues like well, well, that are affect, going to affect locals? The main issue that I have um, been attracted to was the fact that um, uh, the, the villages within the Blue Mountains have green areas in between, conservation zones, which r- must remain intact and the... And the uh, the local council has planning issues on that and mm. planning constraints yes. on that. Yes. And so the villages in the villages must remain as villages and the green areas in between remain intact. Otherwise, the fabric of the whole uh, Blue Mountains is changed so radically. Th- so that area is a green... Yeah, it's between... Green area between Wentworth Falls and, and uh, Bullaburra. Bullaburra. Yes, and every village is the same. You go mm. up the mountain. Yep. It's local it's character. That's it's the character of the Blue Mountains. That's except, under threat. Except that somebody presumably owned the land and sold it. 
Well, they must have, yes. At some obviously, stage. Obviously, it was a, a subdivision from, I don't know, 100 years ago, whenever. Mm. And but for a considerable number of years now, it's been zoned Environmental and Conservation E2. That's the intent of the council, the elected representatives of the community. The community would have spoken out, would have put in submissions when the council put a draft local environmental plan on public exhibition. Exhibition. So the will of the people has been expressed by the council, and that is a zoning. That's all that Rod and I are asking. It's still zoned E2. Mm. Mm. And it's been that way forever, I think. Well, very well, long time. Well, recently. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Not forever, but since uh, the council's been here. And uh, re- residents, um, well, everybody, but particularly your residents and neighbours are quite upset about yes. this. Yes. yes. And that's why we've been meeting and we've had a, uh, we've come to a consensus and there's two things I would really say to the listeners to your program today, Miriam. That is one, if you can, go onto the Department of Planning's online portal and register. If you register on it, you will receive notifications from the Department of Planning when there are major changes to the documents uh, that have been lodged on the portal about the development. For example, one of the big ones will be at the end of this month. And this is the second thing that I would suggest that listeners be ready for. Be ready for the announcement as to whether or not the project has been amended. Whether or not it's going to remain constrained to the old 30-year-old concept or whether it's been expanded many many metres into the environmental plan, environmental and conservation zones. Right, so we'll be looking at that and you, your group will be having a meeting and... We're, we're meeting every week at the moment. Um, we're waiting for the updates. We're waiting with great interest to the, for the end of the month and that is the expected time the announcement will come through. Mm. A- and at that point, we'll know whether it's a mm. short, mm. sharp... Fight. Fight. Because they've, they've uh, um, applied for a two-year extension, mm. and if they don't get it, they'll be in for a will be in for a short, um, decisive campaign. And if they do get it, then it could be years before this matter is settled. So it a two-year extension to the approval um, to their to their um, Sears application. They'll get uh, essentially. Um, uh, another two years to prepare their case before they are required to put in an mm. environmental impact statement. So uh, w- we don't know what to prepare for at the moment. Is it going to be a short community campaign or is it going to be a long, extended-out political struggle over the next couple of years? And I think political is uh, an appropriate term. I think the Minister for Planning and the Minister for Transport too should be in a position where they say, no, we should not allow this to go through. It seems like nobody wants it. Nobody that I know of does. None of uh, the locals want it. No. Nah. No. And as I said before, the will of the people was expressed by the council through its local environmental plan and the uh, putting together of the environmental and conservation zone that's across that area. And that's there for a reason, to protect the wildlife that's there, not to allow the bringing in of exotic wildlife. That could potentially escape and cause who knows what. Yes, well, at the meeting, it just became more obvious 
um, the more examples and questions people raised about the inappropriateness of the proposal. Um, yes. People were raising bushfires and evacuation of animals. Yes. All sorts of things that they hadn't obviously the given traffic, a thought to. The traffic, the sound, the degradation to the uh, environmental zoning, that's all relevant. And as Rod said earlier, the uh, community character of the need to sustain these agreed-on distances between our towns and the And the mountains. snow. I thought about the fog. <laughs> Tourists come all the way up there. They won't see anything anyway. So we'll probably um, you'll probably see us uh, in the next few weeks once we know what's going on out there in the community, registering people online for the portal, um, raising people awareness. Uh, you might have noticed there's a, a banner now on the freeway uh, <laughs> near the site. That's great. Well, we could probably um, listeners can also contact Blue Mountains Unions and community, and we can direct them. Yeah, we have a website that. now. Well, you have your website, which is... Um, B-H-W-R-A-G.info. Yes. The abbreviation of the name of the group. B-H-W-R-A-G.info. And now just tell us finally about action. Yes. Um, we see ourselves as a resident group... Our, we see that our prime objective is to raise the public awareness, to focus p uh, the public's attention on the fact that this issue is coming along and it may creep past people. We, as I said earlier, we'll be out there in the community. We'll be taking a, a digital approach. We, in, we plan to take iPads into the local sh um, shopping areas, ask people to, on the spot, uh, register on the Department of Planning's portal, um, so they'll get the feedback. We'll provide information on other issues. Should um, a p should the decision be made to uh, restrict uh, the proponents to the current uh, uh, plans, then um, we will be urging people to make submissions to the independent planning panel, which is where this medal will be probably end up. And if it's a much longer issue, then we'll be uh, fo focusing on making this an election issue at various elections. Yeah. This could go on for a very long time. Well, thanks, Murray and Rod. We'll stop for a minute and have a song. Um, Romula Hollywood is coming in. In fact, she's in the studio. Uh, you're welcome to stay on. So let's just go f for a song. But thanks for all that fabulous information. This is Rights, Rorts and Rants on RBM 89.1 FM, streaming live on www.rbm.org.au. We've just been speaking to two residents, two members of the Boddington Hill Wildlife Resort Action Group about the pro development proposal for that area, the so-called Croc Park. Now in the studio, we have Romola Hollywood. Hello, Romola. Hello, how are you? Thanks so much for coming in. Oh, look, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Romola is uh, the councillor for Ward 2, which covers that area and is very involved in this issue. Yeah. So, Romola, what would you like to... Uh, we would start by saying... Um, well, look, um, I, th I guess the first thing I want to say is um, thank you for um, 
promoting this um, issue and and trying to build some um, greater community awareness of the um, fact that there is actually a development proposal um, before the New South Wales government for a significant um, development at the bottom of Boddington Hill. Now, Colloquially, people are calling it the Croc Park, but actually it is far more than that. It is far more than a crocodile park. Yes. It's actually a really um, significant development. It includes um, a wildlife park. Um, It includes um, a hotel. It includes a large car park. And it also includes a whole lot of... um, uh, uh, I guess you'd say sort of outdoor activities as well, um, a zip line and various uh, walks. Yes, I think I think we were um, quite stunned to find that out. Yeah, that the, the d- proposal was so big. Yeah, so it, 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 this, the scale of the development is significant. Now, saying all of that, um, you have to actually think about the context and how the land is actually zoned. So that is. one of the key concerns that um, our council holds about this development, that it actually um, uh, looks like in its present form it it, it, it would breach uh, key elements of our local environment plan, including building over what's called uh, as a zone C2. But basically if you think about C2, what does that mean? It's actually an area that's zoned for environmental protection. So that means no building on it. It's a it's a similar protection to um, our national parks, and um, it it is really um, important that we do have um, a, a protect our um, areas that are zoned for environmental protection. There's a reason for it. The the environment is sensitive. There are protected ecological communities, and you you just don't go building over those or proposing to build over those. Um, and um, that is a key concern. The other key concern um, that, that we have is that um, the height, the building heights, um, potentially breach the um, heights that um, we have within our local environment plan. So rather than building, um, or putting a development proposal together that actually will fit within the, the zoning requirements, um, this development is um, quite different. It is of a huge scale. One of the other things that we um, are quite concerned about um, uh, as a council is we have um, a provision within our overall local environment plan called the land between towns. And actually what that does is um, protect the village feeling of each of our towns and that's particularly um, the case in Ward 2 where we've got a string of villages from Falconbridge um, up to Wentworth Falls with areas of bushland that are zoned for no development and no subdivision so that in fact as you're driving up the highway you actually get these beautiful vistas um, out into our world heritage areas. So from that point of view, we don't want to see those environmental protections um, and protections of our beautiful landscape here in the Blue Mountains um, eroded. So we are um, very concerned about this development and we're calling on the um, state government to um, review its state significant listing and um, and hopefully hand the, the powers of assessment back to, to the council and community. Yes, thanks, Romola. I didn't realise about that um, 
what's the word? Uh, how you said that the council has the designated villages with the, the bushland between them. Yeah. Of course, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's a way of controlling unsuitable development happening between the villages. That's right. It's also really important for our wildlife but also for bushfire protection. Like there's a whole range of reasons um, and, you know, so our planning, um, our planning instruments haven't just sort of, um, you know, <laughs> dropped out of the sky. They've actually been developed with significant community consultation as well as an evidence-based approach around what we need um, here in the Blue Mountains. To, so it, it is a concern for us and we're um, standing up really strongly to, to one, get the word out to people as well. Like one of the things that um, when I've been speaking with the community members and it's great to have seen the residents action group and you um, talking with with them but some community members have said oh this just sounds completely bizarre it can't be real and I keep saying no it is absolutely real um, the application is in uh, with the state government um, they are uh, looking at um uh, the, the state government has produced what's called um, a, a SEERS, which is the instructions for the developer to um, create the environmental impact statement. And um, so from that point of view, this is this is actually real. It's happening. There is a development proposal um, before the state government and, um, and it's very large, it's very big and it will have a significant impact um, on a whole range of things, not just our local environment plan, but if you think about um, uh, the highway, um, there are plans to have um, uh, egress in and out, including a right-hand turning lane um, halfway up Boddington Hill. Now, um, we know that, um, unfortunately, we see accidents too frequently on the highway, but to put a set of traffic lights halfway up a hill... Um, you know, I'm not a traffic expert, but certainly uh, what the community has been saying and what I believe, and you know, we've yet to hear what the state government agency believes. But it sounds um, pretty strange to me to be proposing that in that yeah. location. Yeah, welcome to Anne Marie, who's coming to the studio. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Would you like to ask a question too? Uh, yes, um, Romola. So uh, th that's another set of traffic lights. Uh, in addition to the one at the top of the hill that is being pro was part of the proposal at the pottery, yeah. Shop. So yeah. So just to clarify, um, community members for, and when the highway was being upgraded, were asking for traffic lights at the top of Boddington Hill. Yes. And in fact, um, and there was sort of it was to try and manage safety concerns for people turning out of um, Tableland Road. But that um, proposal was actually rejected because, and my understanding is, I wasn't um, a councillor at that point, but um, but my understanding was, being a local resident, that it was to do with the fact that having trucks stopping halfway up the hill on Boddington Hill was actually quite dangerous. So what they really wanted to do with the design and why they cut into part of Boddington Hill was to try and reduce the grade and enable it to um, be much easier for trucks to get up that hill without stopping because the stopping and starting creates a huge amount of noise as well. So we and you know we're dealing with highway noise as it is. So so no, there is no current proposal for traffic lights at um, that intersection with Tableland Road near the oh, pot shop. Oh, I see. Okay. What 
this development proposal, um, my understanding is is that there is a proposal for um, uh, traffic lights and an intersection to be created um, sort of halfway up or a third of the way up well, Shorty, that Hill. Would, that would be worse. Mm. I'd, I'd never get up a hill in my yeah. little car if no, I had to stop no. a third of the way up. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it really is quite... Um, confusing to understand and I guess we will have to see how it plays out but we you know that is that is one of the concerns amongst many Many, there are many concerns concerns. I think is the other the other thing your people are highlighting people who've been living in the mountains for many years have been also highlighting that um, it's extremely bushfire prone there and the fires have come through that way before Um, so it that is another concern like how would you get people and animals out um, of harm's way right. should that a bushfire be coming. Yes, That's that right. was asked at that meeting with no answer. <laughs> how, how do you evacuate while all these animals yeah. when there's a bushfire? I was also thinking about the snow and the fog. Yep, that's that's another one, and the the other the other concern, which is it's a, a passion close to my heart as a as a councillor, is also protecting our dark skies, and the land between towns actually does that as well. So um, you know, nighttime lighting I think is also uh, an issue. This is this is an area where um, yeah, there is something very. Uh, I think we all feel it as we. Um, come up Boddington Hill that you're making this um, step change to the to the upper mountains and um, I think it, it does feel it always feels significant it feels significant to me as I go up Boddington Hill so and um, you know it, it there is a real sense of, of place and connection there mm. um, so that that's a concern my one of my other concerns that's really close to my heart and I'm, I'm going to say I'm a little bit nerdy here but um, with the um, upgrade of the highway at Bullaburra, we, we actually have um, uh, lost a hanging swamp in Bullaburra and um, this was due to the highway runoff and even though there were plans and provisions for um, what's called detention basins to slow the water, um, with all the rain that we had, um, they weren't sufficient. It had been pointed out that they weren't they probably wouldn't be sufficient and the and the design needed to be better. Um, the Conservation Society and Council pointed that out. But unfortunately, we've lost that swamp. Now, that's one swamp in Bullaburra, but it's really only a stone's throw away from Bullaburra to um, where this development is proposed between Bullaburra and Wentworth Falls on the as you're going up the hill on the on the left-hand side at the foot of Boddington Hill. And there are hanging swamps right along that area. So one of the other things that people raise is what does this mean for the um, quality of the water and our water management um, going going down into Bedford Creek and then in turn down into the um, beautiful Blue Labyrinth. So we're a city and a world heritage area. People come here to experience our beautiful natural environment and um, to... to to think that um, we could be destroying it in order for people to have some kind of up close and personal um, encounter with uh, some wildlife just to me does not add up. The um, the article in the Gazette in May uh, it rattled off this long list of animals that were proposed for the site, and there were freshwater and saltwater crocodiles, penguins, 
wombats, emus, um, you know, this huge array of animals. And, yeah. and they would need, I think it's about a 10-hectare site. But to adequately um, have those that range of animals in a in a mm. confined space like that. I mean, the care of penguins, for example, the amount of um, space that crocodiles would need, it just just sort of doesn't make sense. No, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, um, I guess the thing to remember is that some of the, uh, like the zoos will, will actually be consulted and will make, um, you know, will be invited to make comment on the, on the environmental impact statements. So, um, you know, I, I'm hoping that there will be people that um, have good experience about what's expected in a contemporary sense yeah. as well. Um, I think around the housing of animals. Uh, to me, it, it you know, the question goes back to first principles of, of whether this is actually needed, whether it is appropriate development. And my, quest, my, 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 my thoughts are, and look, looking at what is proposed, is that it's inappropriate development for the site um, and it's actually massive overdevelopment. I mean, that's, yeah, that's so, my concern. So the council yeah. is fully against this... Yep. Yeah, that's right. So we've had um, we've had s- several mayoral minutes this um, year. So I thank the Mayor Mark Greenhill for br- for bringing those forward. And um, so what we're hoping to do is we, we've um, uh, working with um, our state member Trish Doyle to um, see if we can get a meeting with the um, the Minister for Planning um, Paul Scully. And then following that, we're also hoping to have a public meeting where we can report back to the community on where things are up to so that everybody can get um, similar information and we can, um, you know, by that stage the environment, we might be at the stage of the environmental impact statement being released. However, um, the, uh, uh, the planning department has received um, a request um, from, the, from the developer to um, amend... Um, the seers uh, because they've made some changes I understand to the the design so um, our council uh, resolved you know basically looked at those proposed changes and said that we didn't think they were significant enough to to basically reissue the seers but it's it you know we are just um, a, a stakeholder in that it's not our decision so that will come back to the Department of Planning to make that decision. We think that they may be making that decision, which will give us a better idea on timeframes towards the end of May. Yes, that's what um, Murray Mayton mentioned, yep, that they're right. waiting to hear. I was just thinking, um, I wonder if the fact that this is such a huge overdevelopment, the proposal... As you say, it's not just a wildlife park, so-called wildlife park. It's uh, the hotel and the resort and the car park and all the the infrastructure that's going to be there, which apparently uh, doesn't even fit into the actual area. So are they they doing that in order to perhaps um, then come back with a smaller proposal? Who knows? Yeah, I, I, we <laughs> we can't we can't ass, um, assume anything. No. Like I think I think that the bottom line is we just need to look at what's been proposed, what's before the planning 
um, a Department of Planning what's been registered and um, and look at that and look at it within the context of our councils um, and our communities. Like we all, you know, our local environment plan is a fundamental part of um, how we see ourselves as a community um, in the Blue Mountains. So um, I think we that's what we need to, to look at is uh, does this uphold the principles and values um, and objectives of the local environment plan and or, or does it not? Just um, on your in, in your experience, Romola, um, would there be, in this process that's going on at the state level, would there be opportunity for other groups to f- put submissions in at some point? It's like the Conservation Society, for example, yes, the council. So, so what what will happen? And look, um, you know, I'm happy to be corrected, but you know, because the the planning processes are, are complex. But um, but basically, once the um, environmental impact statement is released, then that will be the opportunity for um, community members, for our council, for um, uh, groups such as the Conservation Society to to make submissions. So that will be a very important time for our community to have um, our say. So that's not right now. Yep. We can still be gathering, you know, we, at this point I think that the key thing is getting the message out to um, not just the immediately affected residents but getting the message out to our broader community that this is... Um, this is a, a, a real and live development proposal and um, and that we need to be ready to respond and um, and and respond with the strong and highly engaged voice that I know our community our community in the Blue Mountains does so well yes <laughs> yes and we've made that point very well I think also the visitors to the Blue Mountains wouldn't be in favor of it either I mean you know the bulk of the tourists that come here are looking for a natural experience they're looking for uh you know the mountains the 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 air the the natural environment not a development like this yes certainly if you think of um what has been happening um both blue mountain city council but also with national parks um and the two um, council and national parks working together we, we've been looking at you know really upgrading um, many of our lookouts and our bushwalks and also um, uh, we're creating a multi-day walk that will start you know it hasn't opened yet but will start at Wentworth Falls and go right through to Katoomba so those are the sorts of things that we think um, you know are the experiences that visitors want plus we've also got we want to um, you know, we, our towns are all unique, mm. and they have so much to offer. Um, so, all of our, you know, Katoomba has, you know, great little art galleries now down the bottom of Katoomba Street. We, we have, you know, Lura. People love the village atmosphere of Lura and the, you know, the beautiful cherry trees. Um, you know, each each area has its own, um, mm. you know, unique feel and look, and that's you know what we want to keep and maintain. That's that's what people know and love about the Blue Mountains, and um, you know there are other places that have zoos, and um, you know those are are on offer. One of one of the things that people keep raising with me is why do we need one here, and um, you know I, th- well, I think we, we have a lot to offer don't. here. <laughs> no, that's so right. as you said, Romla, very very well. Then the important thing is to let people know about it and not everybody um, 
people don't even believe it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're, they're shocked because it just seems so totally inappropriate. Let everybody know and spread the word and yeah. um, there will be that um, important um, Department of Planning decision at the end of the month. Yes, about whether um, the more time is granted to yeah. create to 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 redo the um, with, EIS with yep. a public meeting, and we will have a public meeting. We will have a pub. Our council will hold a public well, that's meeting. Great. We haven't got set the date, but we will hold that sometime. You know, in the near future, because that was one of the um, concerns that people had at that other meeting that it wasn't publicised, and many people didn't know about no. it. Clash with the council <laughs> meeting. Um, that's that's uh, right. Well, and. Um, but yes. even with it being very poorly, you know, uh, advertised, um, you know, there wasn't even a um, an ad in the Gazette, which which m- many people found remarkable. Um, I think uh, the turnout was was great, yes. um, which shows the interest. Yes, that's right. Yes, this is rights, rorts, and rants on RBM eighty nine point one FM, streaming live on www.rbm.org.au. They can still be approved. There are other forces at play, um, like maybe the push for tourism or the push for I don't know what. But So I think everyone needs to really get on board and not assume that it's so ridiculous that it won't won't actually go yeah, ahead because point. if you look at the, um, the planning proposal, I had a quick look at it, it's very, you know, it's quite detailed. There's, they're putting a lot of investment into this planning phase so they the the developer were the people pushing the resort are serious yes yes there's a lot of money there's a lot of money money being invested that's what i thought yeah there's i mean the 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 development is um yeah will cost a significant amount of money if it does go ahead to 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 produce so um really encourage people to um, go to the New South Wales um, planning portal and you need to create your own login but once you've done that um, you can actually register to get updates um, and you can also download all of the um, documents and you know really uh, <laughs> if you've got a quiet Sunday morning and you want to have a read um, you know it is a good idea to to um, to actually become familiar with the size scale and type of development that is proposed I mean one of the things that we didn't touch on was you know that it is um, it does mention that we'll have restaurants including iconic takeaway food outlets oh. so um, you know it's got something for everyone um, in it and but unfortunately um, it, it does so at the expense of our beautiful environment and our world heritage area and also the um, character and um, of our towns and villages could also be at mm. threat. That's right. Thank so you. So we can put the link on the BMUC Facebook yes, page. We can, and there was also the um, the Community Action Group BHWRAG, and their email was bwbhwrag.info. 
an email address. Yeah. It I'm is. Sure, they're, I, they're the new email addresses. Okay. That, yeah, well, that, thank with you. The new domain names that oh, have been released. I see. So, I see. Oh, well, thank yeah, you so for they're very, that. Very up with it. Um, so that's their, that's their address. And they're meeting, um, as Murray and Rod said, quite regularly, fortnightly. And they're really up to date with uh, what's, what's going on and thinking of what's going to happen. And we'll be getting them back in the studio and perhaps you too. Oh, that'd be great, Brent. Yep. Uh, who's also very involved, as I know, in, yep. in your yeah. award. I think um, it's important to remember the whole council. The whole um, council yes. is, you know, we've we've passed, um, you know, mayoral minutes, so we've had great leadership from the mayor. I mean, the mayor was actually uh, speaking about the development on um, Channel Nine News last night. Oh. So, oh, good. Um, uh, again, you know, we, we this is um, not just simply. I mean, it's obviously for for Ward Two councillors. For, for myself, um, for Councillor West, my colleague, and um, uh, Councillor Hoare. It's a big issue because it's right in our ward. Um, but it is an issue that really, I think, affects um, everybody mountains-wide. It is a mountains-wide issue because it impacts – it will impact all of us. If you use the highway, it will impact. Mm, yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming in. Thank you so much it's for having me. It's been delightful. Wonderful to have you clarifying all these things, Romola. Lovely to talk Stepping with you. in and Thank on you. your way to council meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And thanks, Anne-Marie, too, for your contribution. So Pleasure. We, it, this is an issue that Blue Mountains Unions and community will, will be following up and we can um, get yeah. both of you on we'll the residence have a, group and, and perhaps Romola on again. That would yeah. be, be really yeah. terrific. And when we know the date of the um, public meeting oh, that yes. council will hold, we'll, we'll let you know. So we'll sort of keep you keep it, keep in touch, I think. Mm. This is, um, you know, as this issue unfolds. So I really appreciate the opportunity to, no. to talk with you and to talk with all Thanks the listeners. Thanks very much. It's a very, really important local issue and it's not just local. That's right. Mountains wide. Yes. <laughs> International tourists. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much for coming. Bye-bye.